Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Hi and welcome to a very special edition of the PacMag Parents Podcast. We're doing things a little differently today. Obviously, I'm not Bree James, your regular host. My name is Beck Dent and I'm a huge Australian music lover. And so it is my honour to be chatting with one of the members of the legendary Cold Chisel and who's carved out a stellar solo career as well. His name is Ian Moss and I can hear the squeals as people hear that uh, name get dropped. Uh, but he joins me right now as we celebrate the 30th anniversary of his debut album, Matchbook. Good morning, Mossy. How are you? Oh, good. Beck. Yes, it is. Yeah, I've, oh, years ago I met you, gosh, Marble Bar, um, for when you and Chisel were going to get back out on the road again. Um, and I just, oh, wow. yeah, so it's been a while since I've chatted to you, but um, uh, you left a very good impression. So <laughs> I was a nobody and you took the time to chat to me. So if that's all I know about Ian Moss, you're a good egg, I tell you. <laughs> a good egg. <laughs> Well, yeah. We are so excited to be having you come back to uh, far north Queensland. Um, obviously, COVID delayed things a little. Uh, what does it mean yeah. to you, I guess, as a music- musician to be getting out on the road and, and doing your thing? Yeah, what a year 2020 was. Yeah. Uh, look, looking back in hindsight. Ah, small vision joke there. Um, <laughs> very, very small. Yeah, uh, look, we're... One of the more fortunate ones out of, uh, of you, know, to, you know, it's a tough life at the best of times, making a living being a musician. We're kind of fortunate to be part of a band called Cold Chisel, and um, we had the Blood Moon tour at the beginning of last year, excuse me, last year, which seems like a lifetime ago, and, and yeah. I'm sure the devastation is, for a lot of people though in Australia is, is, is palpable and... Uh, uh, and very real, but uh, in some ways, if you seems very surreal compared, particularly compared to what the summer is, is like this year in, in Australia. It's been so much uh, wetter, so much rain, which thank goodness. But you know, it also cultures will manage to navigate their way through all those fires and set themselves up to set each of the members up to keep, keep food on the table throughout 2020. So it wasn't too hard to just grab some recording gear lock yourself down and get stuck into some songwriting. Oh, yeah. no, a fair bit of Netflix as well, to be honest with you. <laughs> and what's your favourite series? Like, what is, uh, what's your, your current go, well, what did you go to, I guess, during COVID? Uh, there were so many, um, but one one particularly great show that really, really, really enjoyed and was sorry to see end was Ray Donovan. That's, that's the only one I can think of at the moment. I haven't seen it, but I guess I better get into it. Okay, it's Mossy approved. And, and Ozark's. <laughs> Yeah, recommended. Oh, yes. Yeah, that oh, one. Exactly. All right, okay. Well, there's some hot tips uh, from Ian Moss. So I guess you've, you've told us what you got up to when uh, when you were housebound, but uh, obviously getting getting out on the road again. Is there a particular item that you've got to take with you every tour? Do you have any any particular items, that, apart from obviously your guitars <laughs> and all of the, the tech gear, uh, you know, or is there anything that you like every tour? I've got to bring that with me. Uh, yeah, just the iPad uh, for the Netflix. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and and all these sort of papers that you've got to subscribe 
Now, um, obviously, people have um, were introduced to you and fall and fell in love with you as a member of Cold Chisel. Uh, but those feelings grew, and people got to know you more. Obviously, as an artist and a musician, with the release of your debut solo album, I can't personally believe it's been thirty years. Plus, you know, about one and a half. You know, with the old COVID delaying last year's tours plans. Yeah, yeah, um, a, but how does it feel really, for you? Yeah, it's like uh, you know, well, we all know. So it's, unfortunately, the older you get, the quicker the, the quicker everything <laughs> yes. goes slips by. So uh, you know, but uh, Matchbook Thirty, um, it's just great to to see that you know, the, the album has endured and still sort of popular with people. I mean, in in a way, you kind of. When you when you get a, you know Tucker's daughter sat at number number one for six weeks and that that yeah. kind of almost guarantees that that that's, that song was going to be first you know that's going to set you up for life in a lot of ways when when a song gets that big yeah. you really you really ensconce or entrench yourselves in in people's hearts and minds and memories but you you, you never take that for granted this for sure um, same with the Matchbook album um, yeah. that got up there and that's well and truly embedded in sort of Aussie culture and Aussie rock and pop culture. Um, so very fortunate and glad that I can be still a part just, of that. Yeah, be a part of that, and this, this much down the line, keep sort of touring and playing, and you know, if I play songs on that album, and I'm uh, you know probably pretty much guaranteeing an audience. <laughs> well, um, you know, there are you've had to put two shows on here at the Tanks in Cairns because you're you're so popular. Um, a lot of artists obviously love that venue. Um, I mean. The acoustics in there are absolutely incredible. I mean, so I've heard. I've never, I've never, I've never been there. I've never played there. Oh uh, wow! Oh, it's uh, amazing. So. Yeah, you're going to love it. I hope. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll touch base with you afterwards, and you can let me know. But it is really good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> As a music yeah. lover, and uh, you know, a person who you know has been to a lot of gigs in a lot of different places, um, there is something really special about it. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, talking about Matchbook, obviously the anniversary of the album um, took out a swag of arias in the in the 1990s, um, so 1990 ARIA Awards, uh, Album of the Year, Best Male Artist, Single and Song of the Year, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, where do you put all those awards? Did you have to put an extension on your pool room? Because, I mean, um, you've got others, obviously, as well, with Cold Chisel, but, I mean, where do you put them all? <laughs> yeah, that's going to the pool room. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that pool. That, uh, no, um, sorry. Look, um... Oh look, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's fantastic to see those awards, but uh, they're uh, interesting design. They're, they're, I don't know if people have ever seen them. They're like a, uh, you know, elongated pyramid. Yes, <laughs> very sharp, very dangerous in the wrong hands. Very sharp, <laughs> very, very heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're potentially just, just you know, the edge of the sharp. They almost just you know, almost need to put on a pair of steel gloves to pick them up. <laughs> uh, and they weigh a ton, and you just got to be so careful with them. Yeah, no, they're one or two behind glass. The others uh, might be gathering a bit of dust on them. I really should polish them off and <laughs> get them on out there. <laughs> yeah, get them on out. Yeah, give them a run. Well, Cut them out for a run. As awards are nice, but it's obviously not the reason like why you play music, you know, how did you actually discover like such a great love of music? I don't know. If any, if you, but you do, don't you? If, if, if it's, it's in if you? It's, <laughs> if it's in you kind of thing, it's, um, yeah. No, I just realised that uh, from pretty pretty early age, sort of singing and being part of singing groups, did little performances with the parents in my hometown of Alice Springs when I was five years old and, and uh, you know, being involved in right from grade one, if there was any play groups or whatever, yeah, having or choirs, play groups and choirs, being being involved in all that sort of stuff, 
Were your parents uh, musicians? How did they sort of foster that love in you? They obviously noticed that that's what you loved. So how did their influence, you know, help that? Well, um, no, neither were musicians, but uh, who knows whether they had any music abilities because we're talking, you know, we're talking uh, uh, a lot of years here. We're talking uh, my both my parents coming from uh, the, the era of very large families. Mm-hmm. No, they weren't Catholic. It was just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just what happened, yeah. <laughs> just what happened before, yeah. Just, just what happened, yeah. And they were the youngest of large families, uh, large families that were you know, struggling to put food on the table, let alone buy anyone an instrument. So, yeah, there's a question I always wondered whether how they, both of them or one of them might have gone if they had given me opportunity because I guess it's got to be in the genes somewhere because... Um, the yeah, older brother and older sister were quite musical. The sister got to grade eight in classical piano. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. The older brother sort of did and still does drums a, uh, a good rhythm guitar and, and sings a mean Bob Dylan. Yeah, I guess it's in the family. And, and obviously now, I mean, as a parent yourself, you know, yeah. um, I guess you're giving Julian a lot of opportunities as well. I mean, I've seen some videos uh, online, like he's got some golden pipes going on and some mad skills on the guitar. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you guys must have had some amazing, you know, sessions together. That must be an amazing thing for you to be able to share with him. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, you know, it's, it's really only the last couple of, I've been, just been uh, shepherding him, him towards music right from the, from the get-go. He was on trumpet there for a few years, uh, but it's only the last couple of years that he's really fully got stuck into the guitar, and he's, he's coming in leaps and bounds. And uh, you know, he's, he's nearly eighteen now, and uh, like I say, uh, some fabulous, uh, fabulous voice on him, some great, great pipes, which are nurturing that, and just incredible natural ability. So, uh, which which is great to see, uh, and expected because his mother's a very talented musician as well. Uh, fun, uh, wonderful singer, fantastic sense of rhythm. So um, he comes by it, it honestly. It'd be really strange <laughs> if he, if he, if he um, if, if it would be really devastated if he had turned out to be tone deaf and just completely not interested in music. <laughs> it'd be something really wrong. Oh, well, um, he's obviously following his footsteps. How does he actually like feel? I mean, about what you do and about who his dad is. I don't know, that might be an odd question. It's probably one to ask Julian, but, I mean, you know, he must be super proud of you. Uh, I suppose so, but, you know, they don't let you show it too much. They don't want you to get, get a big head. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty, I don't know, he's pretty... I, I suppose it's hard, hard to say. He probably he might have even appreciate it in early early years and then, then sort of cultures will do the reformations and got back together and saw us playing in front of crowds of 30,000 people and more and maybe that really sad to hit home yeah. with him then. Because to him you're just but, dad, but then all of a sudden, you know, you are this person, this legendary musician, amazing guitarist, you know, vocalist, um, and you mean so much to so many people. Like it must just, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my dad's, my, ba- my dad's a pretty big deal. Because like, <laughs> that's not normal growing up with an Ian Moss as a father, you know, <laughs> like for anybody else, you know, to imagine that. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, well, I do, do but he would have been, uh, you know, it was, it was even, I suppose, the equivalent to kindergarten, daycare. Yeah. And uh, they were having a Christmas party and uh, set up a little stage, little PA, and I did a few songs. And I think he kind of maybe felt or saw the adulation and, and sort of thought, hey, that's my dad. You, you know, I'm not sharing him with you. And he threw a real turn and a real tears and was crying and, <laughs> and wanted me to get off. and. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, look, the instrumental track that you um, had from him for him on six strings that you created, I was, yeah. it, it's very lullaby-esque. I'm assuming that was, did you used to play that to him when he was a, a baby, like a young child? Um, like, I love it. Like, it's very, yeah, yeah. It's very melodic, very peaceful. Yeah, so it's my <laughs> sort of pseudo, pseudo-classical uh, job there. It's quite sort of, it's got, it's got everything. It's got a little mixture of melancholy and, and, and brightness. It's all, it's all mixed in there as one. Yeah, just something that popped into my head one night, sort of watching watching the, the tiny little things sort of asleep and uh, might have been sort of trying to, you know, play a couple of things to send him off to sleep. Um, yeah, just one of those spontaneous things, the whole thing sort of spilled out and for what it's worth, you know, it's, it's quite short and sweet, and uh, but it, uh, it just popped out of me and, and just almost the whole thing complete in, in one go. And it just came out, just flows, you know. I mean, I guess... Um, that's kind of often musicians say that it, it, things like that do happen. You know, there's um, times where it's obviously a struggle and you're grinding, but some of the best songs, you know, have just flowed, you know, and just come sort of out naturally, like it was their time to sort of arrive. And I, yeah. and you know, obviously you've got an amazing relationship with Don Walker, um, you know, from from Chisel days and um, even before. Um, but like with with Don, you you write a lot of songs together. He's written a lot of songs for you, like on Matchbook. He's what he's either written or co-written nine of the ten songs. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a, a yeah very fortunate to have uh, Don involved from, from from day one. You know, it was, it was sort of uh, you know when Cultures were first split up in that in eighty three, uh, it, was, it was pretty painful, mm. really, and particularly for Don, I think, uh, because he sort of worked so hard to make the whole thing work for us all. Yeah, uh, and you know, without his efforts, without his his insistence on uh, that we write songs and with that we write work hard to write great songs and make not only every last word count but every last syllable mm. count, and which just paid off because you know that's that's why uh, I think fifty years later we've got songs that people uh, that are part of the Australian psyche kind of thing and. Yeah. Uh, Kind of woven into the fabric of our culture, you know, and our experience, yeah, like collective that. experience. I was looking for one of those. Yeah, yeah, woven yeah. Into the fabric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, you know, we're all at odds a bit, and I think him and I might have uh, been a little closer, perhaps. Mm. And that's when we were right from the get go. He said, "Look, you know, um, I don't know what you're going to do, you know, because when we screwed up in '83, we thought that was it. We thought, oh well, that was a great run, um, you know." We'll be like any other band. We'll forget, be forgotten about in two years, and uh, other bands will come along and to fill the fill the void that we left, and and it'll be cold. Who? Ian oh. Who? Um, <laughs> no. That, that's that's you just not, had no other reason to to think just that. So you start start thinking about what I'm going to do. You know, but I sit and try and get myself a trade or go back to school or something, and and say goodbye to that lifestyle and, and look forward to settling down in the suburbs with a lawnmower and newspaper. Um, <laughs> Which doesn't seem uh, like but, a life uh, that would suit you. <laughs> like you no, yeah. thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> Don said, I said, look, I'm going to keep writing. And I thought, oh, Don's going to keep going with this one. And uh, you know, I'm more than happy to give you first dibs of uh, 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 what I write, you know, because I'll probably be a, end up being more of a writer than a performer. But I'll have, so I'll have material. Um, so if you're looking for material, you have first dibs. Very generous of them, of course. Yeah, 
major contribution to the success and quality of, of the Matchbook album. Yeah, I and it, and obviously you have made some incredible songs. I mean, as you were sort of saying before, Tucker's daughter is a is a is a legacy, you know. But telephone booth. I mean, also like there's so many other songs on that album that deserve so much praise as well. But uh, you know, there's always that one overperforming song, <laughs> you know that you know everyone you know stands out. But as you say, it's um it's a you said it's a privilege to have that, you know, and people be that affectionate towards your music, you know? Yeah, 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 very much so. We can't wait to see you. 16th and 17th of April, um, doing your solo and acoustic thing, bringing Matchbook back on the road as we celebrate 30 plus one and a half amazing years um, of this album and uh, what it's meant to us in that time. So thank you so much for your time this morning, Mossy. I do appreciate it. Well, wonderful to, to talk to you, Beck, and, and, and so looking forward to the, you know, the famous by now around Australia, the, the, the tanks. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you feel about it because it is, it would be special. Like I've had lots of goosebump moments there. So, um, and I feel like it'd be the same sort of, sort of vibe. So <laughs> that's really awesome. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you again um, for your time. I do appreciate it very much. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, please come and say hi. I will, I will. Thank you so much again, Mossy. Have a great day. No worries. Okay, back. thank you. Thanks, bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.